Lecture topic. Lessons from Bani Israel. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhina astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وَذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينِ وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ حُسْنًا وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ ثم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الكلمه الطيبه صدقه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسسات العلماء الكرام بالذنادس in numerous places in the quran sharif allah taala has mentioned the bani israil what commands they were given the incidents of sayyidina musa alayhi salatu wasalam and more than any other nation that has been mentioned in the quran sharif the bani israil have been mentioned there are many similarities in the ummah of musa alayhi salatu wasalam and this ummah and hence allah taala has repeatedly mentioned them so that we take a lesson in this ayat of the quran sharif allah taala refers to or mentions a pledge that allah taala took from the bani israel so all these incidents that are mentioned obviously not just some thing for the history books Allah Taala gave this command to the Bani Israel. Allah Taala took this pledge from the Bani Israel. Musa Ali Salatu Salam dealt in this manner with them. It's not just for the history books. Quran Sharif is hidayat. Quran Sharif has come for our guidance. So if anything is mentioned about anything about the nations of the past, the people of the past, so there are those people of the past who. were very successful and there are those who were destroyed the incidents of both are mentioned in many many places in the quran sharif and this is the lesson that look these are the people who succeeded what made them reach that pinnacle of success if we want that success we have to follow in the same footsteps and these are the people that got destroyed what destroyed them these are the reasons If we follow in that line, we are heading in the same direction. Firaun, Firaun had that arrogance and pride. Ana Rabbukum al-Aala. He made himself the greatest Rabb and refused to accept the Dawat and the invitation that Musa alayhi salatu wasalam brought from Allah Tabaraka wa Taala. End result, destruction. Haman. Qarun Qarun with all his wealth and all his riches Allah Taala mentions in the Quran Sharif how much Allah gave him Inna Qarun kana min qaumi Musa fa baghaa alayhim 
The only mention that is left of Karun is how he got destroyed. The only mention of Firaun and Haman are what a disgrace they became. While in the time that they had all that whatever they possessed in dunya, they felt that they are untouchable. Nobody like them. But what's left of it? Nothing. And on the other side, There are the incidents of those very very poor Muhajireen and Ansar, those poor Sahaba, some of them who passed away became Shaheed, there wasn't even enough cloth to cover them entirely. Either the, if the cloth was pulled towards the head side then the feet were left uncovered. If it was pulled towards the feet then the head got left uncovered. Passed away and got buried in this manner. Mus'ab bin Umayr radiallahu ta'ala But, their names are taken with such awe and such admiration and it's taken with such respect so they left this dunya without anything of dunya they didn't even enjoy the fruits of dunya but they reached the heights of success these people had everything but where they finished off the only mention of them that's left is how they were destroyed so Allah Ta'ala is giving us in the Quran Sharif these incidents not just for the history books but for us to take lesson from it so the Bani Israel Allah Ta'ala had charted the way out for them that look you follow this path that this is the path to success so Allah Ta'ala took a pledge from them now the whole point is that look this pledge was taken had they kept up to this pledge then all would have succeeded but besides the handful those who truly followed the Sharia of Musa Wasalam, and then later on in time those who were still on the Sharia of Musa Salam, but when Nabi Wasallam came they gave up that path because that was now abrogated and they followed Rasulullah Wasallam. they succeeded otherwise no sign of them and destruction so in this ayat Allah Ta'ala speaks about this pledge that Allah Ta'ala took from them وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ that recall the time when we took this pledge this covenant from the Bani Israel. So now various things are mentioned, the aspects mentioned, whatever is mentioned in the Quran Sharif, the Quran Sharif is a mirror to us. We are to look at our own faces, our own lives in the mirror of the Quran Sharif. And if we see something reflecting in there in terms of what should not be done, it's reflecting in us, then it means that we have a problem we need to sort out. If we see something that has to be done, but we can't see our reflection in that, then we lack in some way, that mirror is not clean. We have put some dirt on the mirror, that mirror might be perfect, but if somebody throws some dirt onto the mirror, he won't get a clear picture. So Allah Ta'ala is giving us the Quran Sharif to look at ourselves in it. Where are we falling short? What are we doing? Are we fulfilling what we are required to fulfill? Or are we falling short somewhere? Allah Ta'ala is mentioning the Bani Israel, but the message is for us. 
So what was the covenant? What did Allah Ta'ala take a pledge from them for? First thing was Allah ta'abudu illa وَإِذَ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَ بَنِ إِسْرَائِيلِ لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ They will worship only Allah Ta'ala. They will only worship Allah alone and nobody but Allah. Now, Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has given us Iman, we have Tawheed, we keep, and this is something to keep refreshing our Iman by reciting La ilaha illallah, by reciting the tasbihat, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar, and keep refreshing this Iman, and keep embedding this Tawheed even deeper. Wonders of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And to the extent that this Tawheed has been embedded in the heart, then in all conditions, whatever circumstances might prevail, whether it is prosperity, whether it is poverty, whether it is health, whether it is illness, whether it is a very calm and very easy situation, whether it's a pandemic, whether it is anything, but in all conditions, to the extent that the Tawheed has been deeply embedded in the heart, to that extent, in circumstances, a person will turn first to Allah Ta'ala. And his attention will be to Allah alone. And only what Allah Ta'ala has commanded and given through Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that will be, as they say, the terms of reference. Anything and everything will be looked at through that terms of reference. This will be the reflection of his Tawheed. What has come from Allah Tabaraka wa And Allah Ta'ala has sent it via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What is the Quran Sharif? And what Allah Ta'ala sent via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What is his Mubarak Sunnah? That will be the framework within which everything will be viewed. And within which everything will be considered. And anything that falls outside that framework, that's outside. So in any case, this is the most fundamental thing. This is what everything lies on. If a person's tawheed, his iman is not in order, then he can have anything and everything. He can do any amount of amal. But all those amal will be of no avail to him on the day of qiyamah if he left without this tawheed. And he left without this iman. Without this Iman in the oneness of Allah Ta'ala and the Risala and the messengership of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being the most fundamental part of his Iman. And then by extension all the various aqaid and beliefs that are fundamental in a Muslim's life. Without this, that Iman is not in order and a person will therefore be of in deep problems on the day of Qiyamah. So this is the most fundamental thing, Iman. So the Bani Israel also, this covenant was taken from them that you get your Iman right. Keep checking. Beliefs are in order. There's all kinds of things and especially in the age that we are living in with this information just being flooded in everybody's hand and in front of everybody's face all the time through the technology and anything and everything keeps coming. And people are harboring such aqaids and such beliefs which take them out of the pale of Islam. So the first aspect is the Iman. And then very very significant in many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, many places in the Qur'an Sharif and in the Ahadith, 
immediately after Tawheed or Iman or worshipping Allah Ta'ala or being obedient to Allah Ta'ala immediately thereafter is the aspect of parents mentioned and therefore here also we see the same thing Allah Ta'ala then says you are going to be kind to your parents you are going to be kind to your parents this is the covenant, this is the promise you are going to make this is the pledge you are going to give again the Bani Israel, their incident is being given to us to look at this our reflection in this this is not the issue of what is the condition of the parents to the extent that even somebody's parent may not have Iman but in dunya the kindness to the parent is still fundamental that duty is still the duty of that child no, no compromise on that obedience is to Allah alone and anybody who commands something that involves disobedience to Allah Ta'ala, that can't be accepted that can't be obeyed but kindness, compassion that will be to everybody every parent regardless of what that parent's condition might be kindness and not for the sake of getting back some favors for the sake of getting some support material support or some other emotional support and whatever other support no no nothing only because Allah Ta'ala's command this is a duty to parents unfortunately with this western lifestyle the way things creep in everything is now purely on material basis and everything is in monetary terms somebody was mentioning just recently perhaps a week ago or something there was one judgment one court case in China and the court then passed a judgment the judgment was in favor of a wife who claimed what she did, did she claim that she married for whatever four five years so unpaid labor so four five years she was taking care of the household and looking after the house and doing all the chores so this was unpaid labor so now she didn't get paid so now for five years she claimed whatever some hundred and some thousand rands it amounted to in Chinese currency so now even that now a relationship between spouses cannot work on rules meaning this is your right and this is my right so therefore I will demand my rights and you demand your rights and both will demand their rights and everything will work out then the only place it's going to work out is it's going to work out in divorce the rights are clearly spelled out no doubt about that the rights are clearly spelled out but the spirit that Dean taught is each person to be concerned about their duties as the husband is concerned about fulfilling his duties and his responsibilities the wife will not have any rights left to demand and if the wife will be fulfilling her duties and responsibilities then the husband won't have any rights left to demand one is something that runs on rules there's an employer and employee, so now this is the employment contract. These are the terms and conditions. 
So now the terms and conditions, something is violated, now you take it by the book, and now whatever has to happen thereafter. But there are some relationships, don't work on that. The rights have been spelt out, these are that as the boundaries, that look you must stay within this, don't cross this line, fulfill these rights. But these relationships don't thrive on demanding rights. They thrive on fulfilling duties. They don't run on rules. They run on relationships. They run on bond. What kind of bond has been developed? They run on affection and mahabba, on love. Not on dry rules. Rules are there to maintain a system. Rules don't keep things going in a relationship if there isn't that bond. That's the track. The track is there. But the train can't run on that track if it doesn't have the fuel. It doesn't have that electricity, that current. It doesn't have that steam. The track is in place. But then if you can only demand about the track and there's no, it's going to get derailed somewhere. So the rules, the rights that have been mentioned are very clear. That's the track. Stay on the track. Don't leave the track. But that's not going to be that because the track is there, everything is going to move smoothly. It requires that steam, that steam of muhabbat, that steam of affection, that steam of compassion and kindness, that steam that I should do the best I can. So that's how it works. So in any case, here again in terms of the covenant Allah Ta'ala took from the Bani Israel, first thing Allah Ta'ala took the covenant about Tawheed and obedience to Allah wa Ta'ala and then immediately kindness to parents. And then next in line was Al-Qurba, relatives, maintaining kinship, maintaining family ties. Now these are all fundamental aspects of deen. Now we are headed towards the Mubarak month of Ramadan and we should be preparing for it, preparing mentally, preparing in every way, getting ourselves more geared for it in terms of amal and ibadat, starting to increase the lawat of the Qur'an Sharif, taking some time to make more nawafil, spending a little bit more time in dua, gradually building up the momentum. But the preparation of Ramadan also includes these aspects. And this is a problem in the relationships. Get that sorted out. Otherwise that might become a problem in terms of benefiting from Ramadan also. But Ramadan is a tremendously great opportunity. Unimaginable opportunity. Though it gets taken for granted, but it is beyond imagination what Ramadan has in store. But, that whole tanker of fuel is there, available for anybody, but he doesn't put it into his tank. That whole tanker is available, but he put one drop or put nothing, he'll go empty. He has to take it. So likewise, we have to take this benefit of Ramadan. Now if there are certain barriers in the way, how are you going to take it? This aspect of relationships if we have not fulfilled our responsibility in this regard the relationships have not been maintained correctly <coughs> and we have been the problem we have shirked in this and Allah forbid we become deprived of the greatness of Ramadan because of this despite having exerted ourselves in amal etc so this is another very important and fundamental aspect and much has been mentioned in the Quran Sharif and in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu about this maintaining of family relationships, family ties, great amount of emphasis. The 
month of Shaban is at our doorstep and barely just two weeks before Ramadan this very great occasion comes the 15th of Shaban many many ahadis have the virtues of this Mubarak month and this particular day, this night where Allah Ta'ala forgives numerous people and various other virtues are mentioned but side by side there are certain things mentioned about people who get deprived of the forgiveness of this great night and among those people that get deprived are person who is disobedient to his parents obviously disobedience in things that are permissible if they are commanding something that is impermissible that can't be done person who cuts off family relationships now two weeks before Ramadan this great occasion comes and these things are highlighted it's meant to give us a lesson look get this in order otherwise you might get deprived of Ramadan you going to mashallah engage yourself in fasting in tilawat in tarawih salah ex- excellent all this the more the better but also clear up all these hurdles and clean up all this otherwise the problem might come that you'll get stuck there so these relationships and then Allah Ta'ala speaks about the orphan and the needy that to take care of their needs to look after them to help them to be compassionate and kind to them Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with some bounties so he should make sugar upon that use it in the correct manner and share some of it with those who don't have it this will make him that becomes a means for him to get closer to Allah Ta'ala whose du'as might reach him and especially in times when people are in dire circumstances Allah knows best sometimes that little kindness to somebody that compassion that little help to someone and that du'a that comes from the depth of that person's heart and especially a person in some dire circumstances that du'a that comes from his broken heart perhaps our whole night of du'a might not be able to come from that depth that du'a reaches so to take those du'as then further Allah Taala says وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna and speak to people in a good way وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna can we imagine again which what is the context of this this is Allah Taala says we took a covenant we took a pledge we took a promise from the Bani Israel that look you are going to upkeep this you are going to keep up to all these aspects started off with Tawheed and in the same line of Tawheed where Allah Ta'ala mentions Tawheed obviously everything has its own rank there's nothing that can come close to the rank of what is the rank of Tawheed but then in that same line Allah Ta'ala mentions وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna and talk to people kindly words kind words words people say words are words how many words how often it has been that a word it made somebody laugh and a word made somebody cry also how often it happens one line one word one line it just raised somebody's spirits person was feeling down and out and somebody said something to him and it just raised the person's spirits and somebody was fine they were okay everything was okay and someone came and blurted something and it crushed the person completely broke the person some words but that words can have a dramatic effect 
that word sometimes can heal person was sick feeling down but that comforting word suddenly gave some energy how often it happens and sometimes a person was on the road to recovery and someone came and said something that broke him down completely everything just went haywire the whole health went upside down physically the person got affected the health took a toll it took a toll on the person's health what some words words that were said those words have a tip there's so many virtues in the hadith about words a person decides this this bihad somebody says subhanallah alhamdulillah la ilaha illallah allahu akbar now in every recitation there's so much of reward what are these these are words subhanallah what words these are and what tremendous rewards that subhanallah will fill the scale of good deeds with rewards if it comes with that ikhlas that la ilaha illallah that one kalima and those words recited with ikhlas and sincerity from the heart and it brings a person to iman and that one word of kufr allah forbid it topples a person out of iman into kufr and into the fire of jahannam words those words can make those words can break also sometimes they say straight talk people use the word straight talk to mean can say anything they say straight talk breaks no friendship somebody said straight talk it broke almost every friendship because straight talk people mean straight talk to mean they say anything as you want that's not the way to go about things to speak in a way when Musa and Harun when they were sent to give Fir'aun the Dawud now who is Musa and Harun they are among the Ulul Azmi Minar Rusul the messengers of a very high rank higher rank and they are being sent to the worst disbeliever there wasn't a worse disbeliever than Fir'aun and Allah Ta'ala is commanding them وَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلَ اللَّيِّنَ لَعَلَّهُ يَتَذَكَّرُ أَوْ يَخْشَى That say to him kind words, speak to him in soft tone, soft words. Perhaps he might take some message out of it, he might take some advice, he might take some benefit out of it. Allah Ta'ala is commanding two Ambiya two great messengers of Allah Ta'ala who are going to speak to Fir'aun and commanding them talk to him kindly also but so if somebody is talking to his parents Allah forbid even if those parents are disbelievers they can't come anywhere close to the kufr of Fir'aun but they too will have to be addressed therefore with kindness so what about those parents who have iman whatever the condition of that parent might be but they got iman and then what is that person is mashallah person conscious of deen how much more that importance would be so, speaking in kind terms. These words, these are, the tongue is such a great na'mat of Allah ta'ala. But unfortunately, this is where most of the time we lose everything that we gain. Now, this is also part of this preparation for Ramadan. Many a person, like the Mashaikh said, mashallah, in the month of Ramadan, many a person he fasts the whole day by abstaining from halal, halal food and drink. He fasts the whole day by abstaining from halal. On, on the order of Allah Ta'ala, command is there that you must not eat during the time of the fast. 
So he fasts the whole day from, by abstaining from halal and makes iftar on haram. Makes iftar on haram sometimes before time. Meaning that he starts saying things, making ghibad, using his tongue in a wrong manner and talking in ways that is not in order as a result of which he already lost the benefit of the fast. The tongue, if the tongue is in order, some very great scholars have mentioned that you will find sometimes that the person, mashallah, is very conscious about various other amal. He's conscious about his ibadah, he's conscious about maybe even his dealings. But when it comes to certain other aspects, and especially his tongue, somehow such a person also just just cannot control his tongue. And now tongue by extension his words, whether that is being spoken or whether he's being typed. Because now everybody's speaking in some other ways. So I had a chat with him. Previously the chat was always verbal also. Technology has changed that. Now the chat is now by pressing buttons. So now the words. So now you'll find a person who's mashallah very conscious. He might not even miss his tahajjud. Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah. But he can't control his tongue. But the mashayikh said that you will not find this happening. That a person is very, very conscious about his tongue. That he looks after his tongue very well. He doesn't make ghibat. He doesn't use foul language. He's very true, completely honest and true with his tongue. He never ever speaks anything out of line. Any lie. Anything just slightly out of line also, never. And he speaks appropriately and correctly. He doesn't hurt people with his tongue. Very rarely and almost never, you'll find such a person shirking in other aspects of deen. Meaning he's doing all this for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. He's very truthful, very honest with his tongue, very careful of what he speaks, and never swears, never makes ghibat, never indulges in other obscene talk, and he is kind and compassionate with his tongue. Such a person, you won't find him shirking in other aspects of deen. Unfortunately, the other way around happens. person is conscious about his salah, but he can't control his tongue. He's making tilawat also, he can't control his tongue. But. So what this highlights is, that such a great importance is on the tongue. Not that these things must be neglected. After all, this is what is being said. That the person got his tongue really in order, he won't shirk the other aspects. In other words, the truthfulness of the tongue, in a very broad sense, truthfulness not only in speech, in every aspect, truthfulness in the manner of speech, meaning being true to Allah Ta'ala, in everything that is required of the tongue, what a person speaks, how he speaks, and where he decides to speak, and where he, de- he is conscious of holding back that speech. Not that anywhere and everywhere he is always speaking. <coughs> And such a person, if he's so conscious, because if he's managing to control his tongue, he'll control his heart. Because that heart is what really gives, the, the tongue is the spoon to the heart. One very great tabi'i, Hazrat Yahya bin Mu'az, rahimahullah, was a very prominent tabi'i. And this is his statement and his malfoog. And he says that the hearts, these are the pots. 
and these pots they give off what is cooking in it but how is it given off? it's given off through the spoon of the tongue that the heart is the pot and the pot can only dish out only that can be dished out of the pot what is cooking in it so now if there is obscenity cooking in the pot then obscenity is going to get dished out with the spoon of the tongue if there is all kinds of vulgarity cooking in the heart then that vulgarity is going to get dished out with the spoon of the tongue if there is only dunya in the heart and the love of dunya then all the time will be the talk of dunya on the tongue it is going to keep dishing out that and if there is some other haram there's some other thing that will get dished out and if the love of Allah Ta'ala is in the heart the concern for deen is in the heart there's compassion and kindness in the heart there's love for the creation of Allah Ta'ala in the heart then the spoon of the tongue is going to be dishing out that and the spoon of the tongue and the extension of the tongue the fingers what is typing so husna, speak to people kindly and then Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُ الزَّكَاةِ Establish salah and discharge the zakah. Now again, this is a preparation for Ramadan. Sometimes, even in the month of Ramadan, that salah either is getting missed, or the salah is getting missed with jamaat. person now, any person is get, getting so engrossed in his iftar that he misses his maghrib with jamaat. And somebody found it too difficult to make it for Fajr with Jamaah, so after Sayyid he went to sleep. Allah is saying, look, this is not only for Ramadan, this is throughout the life. Aqeemus Salah, establishing Salah. Establishing Salah, performing it five times a day with Jamaah for men. And with all its etiquette and everything that requires to be done in that Salah correctly, in the Sunnah manner, then that Salah will now bring about that connection with Allah after all this is what we want that the salah has its own effect in the salah that salah prevents a person from all kinds of evil and immorality provided it is a salah otherwise the person in his salah also Allah forbid where his heart and mind will be he'll be walking out of the masjid and he'll be casting haram glances so the salah will have its effect when it is done in the way it's supposed to be done. And then wa'atu zakah, and that you will discharge the zakat, which is the fundamental among the pillars of Islam. Salah and zakat, numerous places in the Quran Sharif, mentioned side by side. Performing salah, establishing salah, and discharging zakat. So this is our preparation for Ramadan, to get our iman in order, tawbah, istighfar, and getting the relationships in order bringing in this compassion and kindness within us this tongue of ours bringing the tongue in order how we speak bringing the tongue to speak that which will bring happiness to others bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min a very great ibadat so this is our preparation and obviously establishing salah giving zakat this is what we have to now bring alive bring alive in our own lives whatever shortcomings we have to make amends and condition our minds and hearts to be able to take the maximum from the Mubarak month of Ramadan Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq Allah ta'ala keep us with health and afiyat to see the Mubarak month of Ramadan 
and to take the maximum benefit therefrom. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ We'll make zikr for a few minutes and then we'll reach. in the Hadith Sharif, the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin and this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Therefore we should try to make this a part of our daily program that we try and recite one tasbih of this great kalima La ilaha illallah, Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq inshallah. لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله 
نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اسم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah Allah forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our major and minuses, Ya Allah. Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah show your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah alamin guide us and the entire ummah to those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from such amal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, Ya Allah. Remove all the difficulties of the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty from the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah remove the pandemic, Ya Allah. Allah remove all the illnesses and viruses, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, Ya Allah. You alone are the controller of the entire universe, Ya Allah. Everything is only and solely in your control, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, you alone give life, Ya Allah. You alone give death, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, everything is in your hands, Ya Allah. Allah alamin, Ya Allah. You have spelled it out, Ya Allah. To us in the Quran Sharif, وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فَمِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُوَنْ كَثِيرٍ That whatever difficulties and hardships befall you is due to what your actions have brought upon you. Ya Allah, it is our own actions that we have brought upon all these difficulties upon ourselves, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of good deeds, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of good amal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, strengthen iman in our hearts, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of making tilawah daily, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of making your zikr, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the haram, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us your obedient and loyal servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick of them, shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Let the time of our death take us with la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman and kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuhi, Ya Allah. Allah, take us and thank you, you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us a shafaat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us jannatul for those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Allah, don't take us to task, Ya Allah. Allah, there is nothing we can present, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us jannat without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, you are the one of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's dies needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant the best of dunya and akhirah to each one, Ya Allah. And all those who are debts, make their debts get paid out with ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Those who are without jobs, Ya Allah, give them good jobs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant halal and tayyib risk to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you keep us with sihat and afiyat, Ya Allah. Enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make it a means of getting connected to you, Ya Allah. 
ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله